welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. Got a project to plug? Want to advertise on the podcast? Hit me up and we'll make it happen. If you like sponsoring, let's make that happen too. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, follow us on Twitter, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. This is the moment. It's a dangerous game we're about to play. I'm joined by someone who not only knows how to bring on the men, she knows the battle of good and evil. Which will she be today? No one knows who I am, but they sure know who she is. She's alive! It's Jacqueline Hyde! Oh my god. <laughs> I was trying to throw in like every um, song title into that intro, but you I got was, him in there. I was... This is, this is sufficient enough. It makes me seem really unstable, and good job. <laughs> we did it. Well, it, I mean, your name is Jacqueline Hyde, yeah. so... <laughs> There's a reason. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. I'm, I'm well. It's nice out. It, it, it is. I walked pretty. here in short shorts. In short yeah. shorts weather. I'm all about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm glad it's finally becoming spring. Soon June will bust out all over. <laughs> and it'll be fabulous. But um, So you just got back from a little gig down south? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't realize it was south. I didn't yeah. like... I. They said Maryland. And I was like, Maryland, great. That's a state uh, over here. <laughs> yeah. And then I went down there and there were... Like, it was... Very str- there were Confederate flags yeah. in some of the houses, and I was like, "Oh, what Where have I agreed we? to?" Yeah. So, how was that experience? Talk a little bit about it. Oh my god, it was the I think it was one of the most rewarding gigs I've ever done, and I volunteered my time to go down there because I was told that it was their first Pride um, ever. So I was like, "Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a good a good cause. It's time to give back because I'm." It's giving to me so much. And uh, um, so I went down and I expected it. I knew it was their first and I knew it was a small town. And so I expected it to be a really um, like rinky dink sort of situation. Mm -hmm. But I was so surprised by what a large community is down there. And they needed it. Like it was was welcoming. Yes. And it was a much younger crowd than I expected. It was a bunch of people who really were hungry for it. It was great. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to start off by talking a little bit about you and your backstory in your life. Okay, great. So, where are you from? I'm from, uh, well, I was born in Idaho, in Moscow, Idaho. Okay, okay. And then, uh, promptly, I don't remember anything about that place, because I promptly moved to Kingman, Arizona. Nice. And what was it like growing up in Arizona? Um, it was a lot like Maryland. No, <laughs> it was, yeah, I grew up in a really small town, so everybody, and Every time I tell people I'm from Arizona, they're like, oh, Phoenix. And I'm like, no, not the only place in Arizona. Um, <laughs> just Kingman, which is really small. And it was um, actually not bad because Arizona kind of is like a Colorado state and mm-hmm. that half of them are hippies, but the other half have guns. Uh, and some of them are guns with hippies. I'm sorry, hippies with guns. So, um, yeah, it was it was fine growing up there. I, I was fine. I grew up Mormon, though. Mm-hmm. So, like... You don't really realize anything. You're just kind of brainwashed the whole time. It's great. So tell us a little bit about growing up Mormon. Um, Growing growing up Mormon, I only did it for like 15 years. Uh, (laughs) I got out of the church. You're only 16, so. Yeah, exactly. I got out of church a year ago. Um, I got out of the church at 15, which means I, for the most part, just had a, I don't know how to say normal childhood without it sounding weird, but like, like, I just grew up and didn't do 
anything and mm. just it was just a very safe way of growing up that didn't really affect me but I think back of it now and I'm literally like what are the highlights of my childhood nothing I, <laughs> now were you exposed to any of like the I guess 90s late to, early 2000s like pop culture things for kids at that time no uh no uh, and people get so mad at me for it now. It's why I'm such an old lady now is because mm. it's like I wasn't, oh my gosh. Yeah, I now think about it and I'm like, that's why I'm such an old lady is I don't have any of that 15 years of my life. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of got into, I didn't start getting into pop culture until honestly, until I moved to New York. So your references are a little older. Yeah, or super current. Yeah. yeah. Um, so how did theater enter your life? Um, I started doing theater in high school. It was, that was about when I, uh, had left the church too. So that's kind of when I started getting memories. Um, it's so strange. I can't think of memories from before that. And then now once you get into theater, it's like, I started getting into that community that is just inherently gay. And, uh, I wanted to do either, uh, I wanted to do the culinary program in my high school actually, mm-hmm. but then they were full. So I was like, well, if you can't cook, drama. So I Naturally. Went, right. So I went into theater and then I decided to go to college for theater because it was a great community for me. And that's how I got to New York, actually, is I went to school at ADA, the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, not AMDA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so why New York? Why did you pick New York? I picked New York because I wanted to be as far away from Arizona as I could be. That's fair. Um, I knew, I just, the people in my hometown have a history of going to college and then coming back. Right. And I didn't want to do that. I knew if I were 2,000 miles away, I wouldn't be able to come back so easily. And I'm sure coming to New York, it was complete culture shock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But it was kind of, I didn't really have a hard time adjusting. It was exactly what I wanted. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, well, I kind of had a hard time adjusting just in terms of like, I had friends back where I was yeah. It's hard to make friends here. But once yeah, you do. Yeah, truth. Once you do though, great. Mm-hmm. They're friends for life. I mean. You like it or not. Once I was 21, I found the people who are easy to make friends with and that's True. alcoholics. Yes. <laughs> uh, so what kind of program is ADA? ADA is a two-year conservatory, but it does have an associate's degree, so it's a, it's accredited. I just found out that I, uh, this gig the last weekend, I, all the queens I went with are from AMDA because they create <laughs> drag queens, but um, I found out that theirs is a uh, certificate degree. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I thought theirs was an associate's degree, too. Ours had just gotten accredited when I was there, so I have an associate's in occupational studies, Okay. whatever that is. And, uh, I just, I did two years, you do one year and then you have to audition to get into the second year, which I did. So, uh, and I got in, so I did two years there studying just straight theater. What kind of activities did you do when you weren't studying? Um, let's see. I didn't. Did you explore New York City at all? Kind of, but not really. When I first got here, everybody was, uh, I tried to figure out like what the, how to be a local. Mm -hmm. And I talked to my friend and she told me. Like, I remember the main point hers was, was like, everyone hangs out at Union Square, which <laughs> now I, now I live here and I'm like, what people are you hanging out with at Union Square? Um, the druggies. Yeah. Oh, probably. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Maybe. I lived in every borough so far and I lived in all the scary ones with her. So, um, probably. Yeah. We okay, did, okay. we did, uh, this little neighborhood in the Bronx where we shared a room. 
Um, and then we did Flatbush uh, in Brooklyn, which was uh, also scary. I once wore short shorts there. I can do it here. I once wore short shorts there, and somebody yelled at me from the garage, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go take these off. Yeah. And you, so you did Staten Island, too? Oh, no. That's the oh, only okay. bar I won't go to. We forget about Staten Island. Yeah, yeah. We forget okay, about Okay, so that. the other four, how would you rank them? How would I rank, like, my mm-hmm. favorites? Yeah. Oh, it's going to be... Um, well, I'm counting Manhattan because I was in Harlem. So I think it's going to go Astoria, Harlem. Uh, so Queens, Manhattan, Brooklyn, the Bronx. Sorry, Bronx. Sorry, Bronx. You've been voted out. I mean, I go to school up there. Now. Like, right. I, uh, Well, one of my campuses, I have to go up to New Rochelle for my campus now. But um, I used to do school in the Bronx, and my issue there is mostly, like, there's nothing to eat. Like, it's a fine, it's just like any other part of New York. It's just, it's all fast food. Right. And I'm like, ugh, no. So, you mentioned that you are currently studying. What are you studying? Oh, I'm studying culinary arts. I'm going back to my high school roots. I missed it in high school. What What inspired you to go back to school to do this? Um, well, I really want to do a show that is a drag queen cooking show. I've named it. It's Queen Cuisine. So this is the first record of that. I did it first. Um, it's Queen Cuisine. But I thought people are only going to listen to me if I have some sort of accreditation behind it. So I decided I'd go to school for it. And I've always wanted to anyway. So do you have like, um, dreams of being on the Food Network? I would love to be on the Food Network. I don't know how long it's going to take for a drag queen to get on the Food Network, but I Well, I'll I mean, let's let's get you on like Beat Bobby Flay. Let's start there. Beat Bobby Flay, that'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's just and then I'll be like the like all of the people on the Bachelor or the Gay Bachelor. What was it called? It was Um uh Finding Prince Charming? Yeah, Finding no. like well, who was the little gay guy who suddenly got his own? He was suddenly on Logo all the time because oh, they were like, no. "Oh, he's a bomb of energy." Well, I mean, if you if there are people who like watch all of the Food Network shows, there are a couple staples of, like, contestants who go through all the uh, competition shows. And they, then they, they just do end it. up on the Food Network? Yeah. I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. I mean, that's how you get on Food Network Star. <laughs> and then you get your own cooking show. There you go. Well, let's talk about drag. When did drag enter your life? Um, drag, uh, so I start, <laughs> I started going to gay bars at 20. Um, my first gay bar was, um, one of the bars I work at now, it's Albatross. Uh, it was because they, uh, they card ferociously. It's just, um, <laughs> I went in with the current bartender. The bartender at the time was my, um, he went to my school. Mm-hmm. So he just brought me in and nobody else questioned it. Cause he was a bartender there. Sure. He doesn't work there anymore. Uh, um, but I, so I started going to the bar there at 20 and um, that's where I saw, I think, Law and Order was my first that I saw, and I was obsessed, because she can obviously Naturally. hit every note. And then, uh, finally, I got around to meeting Suddenly Seymour, and that's my drag mother now. She was amazing. She asked me to do her uh, show down at, her debutante show at the time was down at uh, Barracuda. Mm-hmm. And she asked me to do that. I went to Barracuda to see if I could get in. And I couldn't because I was 20. So I told uh, I told Sutton that I'd lost my ID and I couldn't do it. And she had me perform at Albatross. Nice. So that's my first time doing it. So let's talk about Jacqueline. Describe Jacqueline in three words. Oh, God. Why? There you go. Uh, no, I'm just... Um, I lately... Okay, let's see. Let's get around to three words. I'm so bad at doing this. Um, I'd say... Loud. Definitely mm-hmm, loud. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Um, I didn't realize until this weekend 
I was told that I was at an eight, and I was like, oh, this isn't even my, <laughs> this isn't even where we're at for an eight. Um, so loud, a little bitter, but like in a fun way. Loud, bitter, in a fun way. It's not three words if it's in parentheses. Sure, sure, sure. Um, bitter in a fun way. And then uh, I'm going to say... No, that's all I got. All right, it's loud and bitter. Loud, loud and bitter. Yeah, single, way. single, loud, bitter, and single. That they all that all works. Yeah. So, what is the origin story of your drag name and persona? Um, you know, my persona has always been, uh, the drag name. It came in because I wanted a theater drag name. I knew I wanted one because suddenly Seymour was my drag mother, and I wanted to do one. That was, what I originally wanted to do was I wanted Jacqueline Hyde to be like this emotionally unstable, like she fluctuates between like really happy yeah. and then me. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, now it's kind of naturally happened because drag will do that to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. But I couldn't, I realized, oh God, it's going to be too much energy to actually commit to that character and to do it well. Like, it would look like I was doing a shtick. You know what I mean? Sure. I, I wouldn't have been able to keep up that energy all the time, so I decided not to do it. But now, I'll go, like, the, my sentences, in one sentence, I'll just roller coaster through it. Um, that's just where I am emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> so how long does it take to transform into Jacqueline? Um, oh, well, okay. So... When I started, it was three hours. Um, I've gotten it down to an hour and a half, but this weekend, Marty Gold Cummings did not give us enough time to get ready. She was, because she's such, she was so excited to have us in her hometown that she was like, I'll show you the house. I'll show you the, I'll show you the town. We'll go around the town. And then she was like, well, we've got 45 minutes to get into drag. Uh, And she was like, every drag queen should have a 45 minute face. And I panicked, but I did the whole face in 45 minutes. Amazing. Yeah, we can do it. 45 minutes. Are you now going to test that? No, absolutely not. I'll be giving (laughs) myself the full hour and a half. So what do you do in that hour and a half? What is your traditions as you get ready? Well, the the main difference that I've realized that I do differently from everybody else is I do my eyebrows first. Mm-hmm. This is a thing I picked up from Vanna Do. I, I watched one of her live videos and I was like, oh, that's a really clean eyebrow. So like I'll do the eyebrow first and then I'll outline it with a highlight so that it's a really strong line. And then I'll do all of my contour around it and powder it and set it so that the eyebrows are just set with yeah. my, the rest of my face. And then I do all the rest powder, just like kind of like everybody else. Nice. What other makeup tips do you have? Um, let's see. Um, I definitely... My nose contour, I've started... Well, I don't, what's specific? Um, I definitely... I put my lips back where they should be. When I started, they were really big. I overdrew everything. And then I realized that it was fine to come back to my regular mm-hmm. lip shape. Now my lips are basically just my boy lips, but colored. So um, I would say get the right lip shape for you. Um, my brows are now a lot thicker than they used to be, and it takes so much time. People people will say to me all the time that they have such a hard time with brows, and yeah, that's the way it is. You've got to find the exact right shape for you. So it's like if you're out there doing other people's brows, try to play an experiment. Yeah. Because... It, mine look like nobody else's anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, people say if you if you have trouble with brows and blocking them, just shave them right off. Oh my god, yeah, no, I won't do that. Yeah, I almost thank did. You, thank you. No, I uh, almost did, and Britta Filter was like, "No, don't do that. You're yeah, not gonna do that." I good job. I'm 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 proud of you. Yeah, thank you. Who are some of your inspirations in drag? Not necessarily just drag queens, but like other artists. My inspirations in drag. Um, I try. So I am a very 
dangerously head case person. Like I get in my head so much. So I try not to compare to too many people because I, because <laughs> if I do, then I'll always be competing with that sure. person. And that's awful. But um, I would say if looking for people who I would look up to as, um, I'll stick to drag queens for this. I think Ben de la Creme for, I don't necessarily try to shape myself after her, mm -hmm. but I definitely love her approach to drag. Yeah, as she's, it's, she's an artist. Yeah, she's an artist, and she's she's so smart with her um, shows. She, I've seen some of her shows, and it's just very, like, story-driven, really smart. Nina West, I'm the same mm -hmm. way with. I'm very much like the Miss Congenial. I love, even though I'm the bitter, I, I just, I don't like walking into a room full of drag queens and having everybody hurting each other's feelings. Yeah. It's not, it's my least favorite part about drag culture, which I try, which is why my humor is very self-deprecating, is because I would rather attack me than attack somebody else. But I also, that was a great thing about this gig we just did in Maryland, is because the nature of the gig was all like spread love to places that don't have it, I was in a room with a bunch of drag queens who were so supportive of each other because it wasn't like a competition at all. It was, it was really nice. Nice. So you mentioned um, Sutton Show was your first gig. Yes. What was the first number you did there? The first number I did, I still do it now, but I, I try only to do it in situations where it's it's a very slow song. It's, uh, it's a funny song, but it's so slow. It's called um, Pour Me a Man. Okay. It's from Miss Gulch Returns. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it's the uh, witch from, uh, from uh, Dear God, Help Me. Wizard of Oz. From Wizard of Oz. I wanted to say Over the Rainbow. <laughs> I, was saying, I was like, it's the witch from Over the Rainbow. And uh, it's her whole, it's like a cabaret show that's usually done by a man mm -hmm. representing Miss Gulch. And so it's a song about, um, I'm an alcoholic, but alcohol isn't doing it for me anymore. I need to find a husband. And uh, that's basically my life. Yeah. Which is why we haven't gotten rid of the song. But it's so <laughs> slow. And it's like, it's, there are three verses and then there's a pause and then there are three more verses. Mm -hmm. And so because of that structure, it's like you do them all. And then the crowd is like, yes. Yay. And then it starts again. And they're like, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> and I've seen you do this. You did this last week. Yeah, I did it last week. But I've got I've tried to find a way to fill in the blanks. I'm still trying to figure out how to make it work in a way that's very me. And that's the oldest uh, song I have. And it still is working on it. So I'm assuming Sutton was a big person in this, but who else helped you out when you first started your drag journey? Um, there are a ton of people who were very vocal about my face. And it's so, it's very funny. The people who helped a lot were mostly regulars because it's so hard to make friends in the community when you first start because sure. nobody realizes that you're actually going to do drag. Because there are a lot of people who like start it and then they're like, it's just a hobby, right. you know what I mean? But then after a little while, people start to be like, oh, okay, you're here still. And if you're here <laughs> still, then you must be trying. Um, so at first it was like David Boer, who owns Icon, he, mm -hmm. um, he, this was before he owned Icon, but he gave me a lot of, he's the reason I have pads or anything. Is That's he was sweet. like, yeah, he was like, you should think of the silhouette and like how that looks. And I was like, oh, he showed me a picture and I was like, I look great. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then it's, I now use that as one of my like transformation Tuesday photos because it literally, I had no body whatsoever. 
Um, so he helped a lot. Chandelier helped. Uh, Chandelier period mm-hmm. helped a lot. She would give me tips. And it was like one of those things where I would get to the bar really late and she would be at the bar really late and it was just like a drunken tip. And I don't think she even remembers it. Probably like, not. Probably right, not. But I would take, I would go home and I'd be like, she's right. This is exactly right. Um, otherwise, I did a lot of YouTube uh, YouTube tutorials because when uh, when I was first starting out, I was in a straight bar, so I didn't really have much, right. and I looked awful. And then when I got my gay bar gig, I was like, oh, I've got to step it up a little. And so I did a lot of YouTube, YouTube tutorials. So this past year is a big year for you because you were nominated for Breakthrough Artist for the 2019 Glam Awards. Yes. What was that feeling like? What was it like to be nominated and be in such great company? Um, that was a huge turning point for my drag, I think. Uh, Just because I didn't realize that other people knew who I was. Um, I was still at my gig that I'd had for a year, and in Astoria, you tend to feel like people aren't paying attention to Astoria. Um, I'm still so curious how many people it takes to get nominated because... Me too! (laughs) I I just, I didn't realize... Yeah, it was one of those moments where I was like, oh, people know who I am, that's great. And it was a huge shot to my ego, which um, is still at the exact same place. We need another one. Um, but, it, yeah, it was great. It was great to be there and to be on that list, that list of queens now who I'm good friends with. I was just, I just went up to Maryland with Coco. Um, Izzy got me a job at one of her, uh, at one of the places where she works. Uh, it was a great, it was a great networking uh, tool because I realized... Oh, I'm in the network. Yeah. Um, what New York City drag queen that you've yet to work with is on your dream list? Ooh. Ooh. Love that. Um, love that question. Who do I want to work with? Uh, I'm now working... Uh, it used to be Vanna, but now I'm, I've got a thing coming up with her. Um, I think... I would actually... I'm going to say Izzy. I th- oh, my God. I'm going to... There's going to be somebody who listens to this and is so upset <laughs> that I'll work with you. I'll work with literally anyone. But I I think it'd like to be Izzy because I've been watching her now. I, I go to her show on Wednesdays because I... Um, it's my only day off. And I have a group of friends who goes down there. I didn't actually know much about her until I started going down there with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I think I'd really like to. Uh, she's become a good friend of mine. Nice. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your gigs. You host all over the place, but your main homes are Icon and Albatross. Yes. Tell us about some of your shows. Um, I, so I do on Mondays my my oldest show. This is the first show I ever got. Was uh, I host karaoke at uh, Albatross on Mondays. Uh, it starts at 10. It goes till 2. And it uh, it's... Been getting busier and busier, which is great. Uh, we have a new bartender back there. It's Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's amazing. And uh, we revamped it recently because I realized it was getting busier and I needed to put just more energy into it. Uh, so that's going well. Then on Tuesdays, it's the new job that Izzy got me. It's uh, Clinton Hall. It's a straight beer garden in uh, in Manhattan. And I was yeah. like, it's the only Manhattan one I do at this point. That's a regular weekly show. So I decided I'd do that, and it's actually really, really fun. The manager is straight, but he also is, um, he talks about drag race more than I do. Uh Uh-huh. It was a really interesting, uh, dynamic. I walked in and I was like, are you sure? Are you sure? I love him so much. (laughs) I love the whole staff there. They're amazing. It's so supportive, and it's just easy fun. So, love that. Then, uh, Thursday, I host RuPaul's Drag Race at Icon. Always great. 
Um, loving, uh, I don't know, people are upset about this season, but I'm loving this season. I'm having a great time. Um, and then Friday, I do Albatross and Icon again, back to back. Albatross is my primetime show, and then Icon is the late night dance party after Jansport. And that's one of my favorites because I love being after Jansport. Um, <laughs> we now take a shot every Friday, and it makes me feel so special to be working near Jansport. Uh, and then I do, uh, rotating brunches all the time. Brunches, every weekend I do different brunches. But mostly I do Ritzy Bits's brunch, uh, the La Pulperia drag brunch. Nice. In Manhattan. So what can we expect when we attend a Jacqueline Hyde show? Oh, definitely, uh, musical theater parodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been getting into mixes, which I really love. Uh, it's just, mixes, I'm realizing all of my mixes are about being single and alone and so i'm trying to branch find, you out you gotta find your inspiration from somewhere right you've gotta which use your pain as art right it's exactly what i'm doing channeling but i had this conversation the other day is this oh, oh dear god i've just knocked that over and that's gonna be the loudest noise <laughs> um but i was having this conversation the other day is drag is i'm definitely in the most fulfilled place i've ever been i'm working so much that i'm like thrilled to be alive but um it's still all about breakups. It's great. Because all songs are about love. Yeah. And I don't want to do a song well, about... I mean, Aria Dirty would do all her angsty numbers, and now she's in love, so who knows what we're going to get from well, her. Great, 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 <laughs> right, great. <laughs> so, tell us about your infamous gong that you have. <laughs> I didn't realize... This is another one of those situations where I don't realize how many people know about me until this kind of thing happens. Yeah. I So, I Marty was filling in for Jan at Icon the other night, and um, I brought my gong. I bring my gong everywhere. It's called the High Rollers Gong. And uh, I, it started because I have a, um, a piggy bank, and I brought it around because one time I got tipped a quarter, and I was like, if they're going to tip me a quarter, I'm going to get tipped a lot of quarters. I mean, I, so, t- I tipped um, Didi Comeswell in coins once. Yes, yeah, see? And it always works because there's always someone out there who's like, ready to be that guy. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right, here we go. And she's actually collected now. The piggy bank has collected, I think, like $400. Amazing. Over the course of, I've had her for a long time, but she's going to be my vacation fund. Um, and where are you going to go? Where, where, where's the vacation? Well, I want to go somewhere with a beach, even though I don't like, I don't love the beach. I'm like, it feels like the only place where I'm going to find a seat alone. Sure. You know what I mean? And I'll just listen to the outdoors. I'll go to a lake. I don't care. Um, and then I've got, after the piggy bank, I, I got myself this cowbell, which I started calling the uh, $20 bell. And so anytime somebody gave me $20, they could ring the bell. And everybody would know their name, and it was great. And that worked somehow. I didn't realize that was going to work so well. Um, And so then I got myself... I decided comedy comes in threes. I need one more friend. And I spent so much money on this huge gong that I have to carry around everywhere now. It's the High Rollers gong. And anything over $20, they can ring the gong. And so I brought it to Icon, and Marty said, is this the gong? Is this the gong? And then I, same thing happened with Sherry a couple weeks later, and they were like, oh, is this the gong? And so they ended up wanting to ring the gong. I told them that somebody had to tip them $20 if they were going to, yeah. or over $20 if they were going to ring the gong, and it worked. And so well, there you go. people like the gong. How would you describe a story of drag, and why is a story of drag important to the drag scene as a whole? Hmm. A story. Are these the questions from people uh, that... No, from not the, yet. These are just your questions? These are my uh, questions. These are like good questions. 
Um, for Astoria Drag, Astoria Drag is such a great, one, is such a great leaping off point. Um, it's like, because you can get in here, it feels like. It's an easier place to start. And I was exclusively Astoria for a year before I started going into um, Manhattan. And when I'd gotten into Manhattan, I'd been doing it for so long that people were like, oh, you're really good at this for someone who just started it. And I'm like, oh, well, I didn't really just start. I've been doing this for a while. But it's one of those things where you can get your art up to a certain level before you take it in front of mm -hmm. crowds that are... And this is also... The great thing about Astoria Drag is it's such a tight community Yes. that, like, you will get... You'll get fans and followers and friends and people who come out regularly to your shows, and that's a great support system before you go into yeah. Manhattan where nobody knows you. Like, yeah, and Icon and Albatross are very much a home. Yes. But for all of us. Yeah. It's a, it's a great base, and it's yeah. a good support system to have when you're... And I mean, they're half my gigs. I love them. So we're going to play this or that, and I'm going to give you two options. You'll tell me which one you prefer. <laughs> this is a new game? Oh, no, no. This, is the, this, is, this has been around for a little bit. But, okay. Um, so we're going to start off with cats or dogs? Oh, dogs. I'm allergic to cats. Hot or cold? Uh, cold? Cold. Fight or flight? Flight. Oh, my God, flight. Uh, beach or pool? Pool. Burger or hot dog? Burger. Comedy or drama? Comedy. <laughs> Disney or Universal? Disney. Family Feud or Match Game? Family Feud. Oh my god, yeah. Golden Age Broadway or Modern Broadway? Golden Age Broadway. Lerner and Lowe or Rodgers and Hammerstein? Rodgers and Hammerstein. Travel or Host? <laughs> Travel. Vanilla or Kinky? Mm, kinky. <laughs> Artem or Skip? Artem. Oh, I'm so sorry, Skip. Artem. <laughs> sympathy or tenderness? Sympathy. Sympathy. Jekyll or Hyde? Hyde. There you go. Yeah, lovely. Where do you find your inspiration when you do create mixes? I know you said about, like, the theme, but, like, where do you go to get your um, ideas? Um, You know what? They'll come up. Uh, the funny thing is, those are my more, they're much more labored. For me, parodies, they'll come out of nowhere because it's one of those things where I'll be singing a song and then I'll get bored singing the song and I'll change it to something yeah. else and I'll be like, oh, oh, I'm working on one right now that's, um, it's, 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 what is it? It's Rubber Ducky, but I've rewritten it to be Leather Daddy. Okay. And okay. I'm working on that. I feel very attacked right now, but cool. Yeah, cool, it's cool, going to cool, be great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but when it comes to mixes, I literally, I have to sit down and I, you wait until you find... A clip. The The hard part for me is finding a clip that is engaging enough for me. So yeah, chicken or the egg. Is it a clip or the music? Which comes first? The clip almost always comes first. I will... There are a lot of songs that most of the time what... Mm, I guess it is the song first because what will happen is I'll find a song that I know I can't sing mm -hmm. and I'll be like, but it's such a good song. It happens all the time with Lizzo songs. I'm trying to make sure that not all of my mixes are Lizzo songs, but I just love it. Um, and so... It'll be songs like that, and then I'll have to find clips to... I suck at finding clips. That's the hardest part for me. I'm working on one that's stalking right now, and I just never know if it's going to be engaging enough, and I guess that's trusting me to mm -hmm. be able to, like, act through it. Yeah, absolutely. But I've seen a lot of mixes where it's like... <laughs> this is going to be true. I've seen a lot of mixes where it's like, this is not an engaging enough clip, and you aren't doing enough to make it engaging yeah. enough. It's exactly the right words, but it's just not enough that's fair what would you say is your signature number 
Uh, and everybody hates it now. It's uh, basic. Everyone's a little bit basic, which is mm-hmm. a parody of everyone's a little bit racist because God knows I could not get up on stage and sing everyone's a little bit racist. Yeah. But it's the it's Avenue Q, and I chose Avenue Q because it's so lyrically simple that it's so easy to rewrite. Like the great thing about musical theater is most of the songs are so easy to rewrite because they're done to make a story happen, and it's less uh, abstract pop art. Um, so I do a lot of musical theater parodies, but, um, it's that one. I sing it, I sing it all the time. And the issue is I've written so many new things, but it's still always the one that people record for Instagram. Mm-hmm. So everybody out there is like, oh, you're doing that one number you have again. And I'm like, I've got other number. I did a whole, I do whole new numbers all the time, but that's the one I don't sing it anymore. I don't even do it anymore. Because... So like, maybe this is, it's the same answer, but what is the most requested number of yours? Do you wish people would stop requesting? The most requested. Huh, I'm I, actually the one that's being requested now is Mercy. I I it, I've just gotten into a place where people are like requesting things from me. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like people let it go with the flow. But it's the it was requested this weekend. It was Mercy, which is one of my uh, uh, mixes. It's Duffy's Mercy, but it's mixed with um, it's mixed with the parrot from what is it? It's uh, Yago. Yeah, but what's his name? What's the actor's Gilbert name? Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert Godfrey. It's Gilbert Godfrey reading Fifty Shades of Grey <laughs> put to Duffy's Murphy Mercy. So it's um it's an interesting mix. Yeah. yeah. That one's that one's really fun for me to do. But uh it's requested. I like it. So that one. your dance party on Friday. It includes a drag suicide potpourri, whatever you want to call it, yes? Yeah, we do drag roulettes over roulette. at Icon. What is the hardest part about doing that? as someone who is now getting into the world of pop culture. That has been... Honestly, I was really upset when I first started that show because I had never... It felt like I was um, compromising. Like, it felt like I was giving up on who I was Mm -hmm. in order to make money. But it was... It's been great for me because it has forced me to learn those things that I think are very necessary for drag. Like, I mean, the best example is Hung Up by Madonna is requested at nearly every single drag roulette I have ever done. It's always there, and I just did not know the words. And now, when Hung Up comes on, I'm like, just naturally, like, I guess I've gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, I guess I can, I could, I could do this at a roulette. I can do that now. And it's a great way for me to know what's new and what people are listening to. Mm -hmm. It's a really great, it's been great for me. It's hard, but I feel like the best part about a drag roulette is not knowing the words. Because yeah. when you don't know the words, it gives you the opportunity to connect with the audience and do something that's engaging. When you don't know the words, do you have any tricks that you pull out? Like, I've seen Vanna do when she didn't know something, she just started doing yoga. Doing yoga? She did yoga. <laughs> I am so excited for my show with her. She's a freaking nutcase. Yes. Um, uh, she... That's funny. Uh, I think I, what I've done in the past is I've, uh, I start my shows by saying, well, I start my roulettes. There's a trick, you know, watermelon, watermelon Mm -hmm. is the, uh, is the actor's go-to. I say that there's a gay version, which is share Madonna, share Madonna. Share Madonna. So I, I always do my share Madonna's. That's a good thing. And then if not, I will go. The great thing is I used to bartend at, at the bar where I do my roulettes. Yeah. So I'll go behind the bar and pour myself a shot there if I go. don't know it. Um, which means by the end of a roulette, there's a good chance I am 
gone. But it's great. It goes well. All right, so we're going to play this new game. Okay, new game. We're going to try it out on you and see how it goes. Do you know the website Cameo? <laughs> I only know it through Tammy Brown. I Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, because she's, she's always posting, posting about, about those yeah. cameos. Correct. So, <laughs> uh, so if you're not familiar with the website Cameo, you can book a celebrity to record a message for you or a loved one for a small price. Or not so small price. But each celebrity has a different cost. In this game, you will have to guess who costs more. Oh my god, this is such a good idea. Okay. All right, so we are going to start off with Carson Kressley or Ross Matthews. Um, I'm going to say Ross Matthews costs more. That's correct. You can get him for $89. Carson Kressley, only $59. Do- $59? $89 and he'll just record what? Like, Does he have to do it? Yeah, you're paying him to record a message. You, if you go on the website and you say it's for this person, it's for this event, or this is what you want them to say, and they'll record something. Surely they can like turn down certain messages, though. I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. If okay. They're, if they're like explicit, I'm sure they can. Right. Um. Next one is Christy Carlson Romano or Snooky. Snooky's the more expensive one, right? Snooky costs three hundred dollars. Oh my god. Christy Carlson Romano is five hundred dollars. Oh, okay. I figured Snooky would oversell herself. Like uh, three hundred dollars she... is overselling herself. Yeah, but <laughs> I can't believe people are getting Snooky's cameos. Yeah. Um, oh my god. Next up is Stormy Daniels or Caitlyn Jenner. Definitely. Uh, oh, Caitlyn Jenner, right? Mm-hmm, for okay. twenty five hundred dollars. Stormy Daniels. They have cameos. Stormy Daniels. You can get for two hundred fifty. God, who's paying this much money? I don't know. I don't know. Right, and why would you... I, I, you would think at a certain point you wouldn't be on this site. I can't see a point where I'd want to be on the site, but I guess I'll... Sure, I'll start one. Well, let's start... Let's do this one on uh, Chris Sullivan from uh, This Is Us or Rose McGowan from uh, 90s um, television. Who is he on This Is Us? I, I don't He's, know. He's um, uh, Chrissy Metz's boyfriend. The bigger guy. The beard. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, he's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, he's not going to be the more expensive one, though. I'm saying the other. The, uh, Rose who, McGowan is $30. Uh-huh. Chris Sullivan, 199 Oh, my God. Wow. Mm-hmm, wow. Mm-hmm. We're going to get this. Hope, maybe you know these two. These are Disney Channel kids. Uh, David Henry or Kyle Massey? Kyle Massey was uh, Kyle in the house, right? Corey in the house, yeah. Corey in the mm-hmm. house. Uh, and then the, David, David Henry, Henry was Wizards of Wizards Waverly, of Waverly yeah. Place. He's the tall. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, it's still gonna be it's gonna be Corey in the house. Yes, right? he was. 80, he is eighty five dollars. David Henry is thirty dollars. It only costs thirty dollars to yeah. make David Henry say whatever. Oh my god, yeah. I'm gonna make him do one that says "I love you." It's gonna be great. <laughs> Next up is Aaron Carter or Lance Bass. Lance Bass is the more expensive Correct. one. One hundred ninety nine dollars yeah. for Lance Bass. You can get Aaron Carter for one fifty. Okay, slay. Mm-hmm. Next, we have Corey Cott or Laura Osnes. Okay, don't know who either of those people are. Broadway I, stars. Corey, oh, Corey Cott was in uh, the original cast, uh, or second cast of Newsies. And Laura Osnes is, um, she was in Cinderella. Um, okay, I'm going to say her. I feel like the women are going to be more expensive on Broadway. No, she's $55. Corey Cott's only 60, is 65 so Corey Cott is more Wow. Next up, we're going to do some drag queens. Um, Angina or Stacey Lane Matthews. Stacy Lane Matthews. Yep, she yeah. is sixty dollars. Angina is only fifty. Okay. Next we have Trin- that's a reasonable price, right? I know Trinity the Tuck or Manila Luzon. I, you know, I think I think it should be Trinity, but I think it's Manila. Actually, it's a trick. They're both a hundred dollars. Oh damn! Okay, I was gonna say that one's a tough one. That's mm-hmm, close. Mm-hmm. 
Next, we have Blair St. Clair or Kennedy Davenport. Is it Blair? She is at $100. Kennedy is at only 40 I knew it would be. Mm-hmm. I, I, that doesn't make sense to me, but I knew it would be. Yeah. Next, we have Scarlet Envy or Honey Davenport. Oh, it's probably... Is it Honey? No, she's $40. Scarlet is 60 Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Next, we have Cameron Michaels or Eureka O'Hara. Eureka's more expensive. No, she's $75. For $25 more, you can get Cameron Michaels. It's because it's because it feels like Eureka, she'll do cameos, I guess. For <laughs> who sets who sets these prices? They do. They do. They okay. Do. So okay, so this isn't even necessarily like a measure of like how the audience mm-hmm. is. This is a measure of how they Correct. This Eureka, so, Yeah, yes. you're right. Eureka would be cheaper. Violet Chotsky or Shangela? Mm, Violet's gonna be more expensive. Five hundred dollars for Violet Chotsky, one twenty-five for Shangela. See, I see it changes the game when you tell mm-hmm. me that they set their prices because Violet's gonna yeah. set it at an insane amount. And this one, you're gonna have to give me the price, okay? Oh, okay. How much can you get a cameo from Marty Gold Cummings for? Oh my God. Um, I'm gonna say a hundred. Ten dollars. Ten dollars. Ten dollars. Oh wow! Well, I know what some of her booking fees are, and I was like, <laughs> I was like "There's no way she's gonna do it." Ten dollars. Yeah. Wow, that seems low, Marty. Value yourself. But yeah, so I think everyone should go uh, to cameo.com get a um, a cameo from Marty Gold Cummings. That would be so much fun, right? Gonna make her. Yeah, absolutely. She after uh, we did a concert series in Maryland, and after my number, she did like a little five minute speech on how happy she was because we just did two out of town gigs together and if you do two out of town gigs in a row with marty she will remember you and so um it took me so long to get marty to notice me and so i was very happy about that but now i'm gonna make her do a cameo that's just repeat the entire thing you said because i can't remember it um so so i will say when on the (coughs) website uh, when you they do record, it does go on the website, so everyone can see what they said. Oh, I it's see. It's also for reference, so you can know that it's like legit and real. And but you should, gotcha. everyone should go browse Cameo and see what's on there because there's some fascinating things. And I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna keep this game. We're gonna play like yeah, that's other, a fun yeah, one. That's fun a fun one. one. But now we're playing everyone's actual favorite game. It's tea time. Oh, it's tea time. Okay. And mm-hmm. you know what? We you've mentioned her a little bit. We're gonna start off with Vanna Doom. Vanna Do. Um, I wanted to work with Vanna Do for so long. Um, I first met her when she was working at Meatball Shop um, mm-hmm. and wanted to sleep with Vanna Do. Um, now realize probably not in my future, but uh, still want to work with her because she's a freaking Harvard grad for theater mm-hmm. and yeah. she didn't tell anybody, probably because they freak out. Um, I may her mention it every time I'm at one of her shows. Right? I'm like, you have to tell everybody this all the time. Otherwise, yeah. why else did you pay for it? And uh, we're now doing a Tony show together. It took two weeks for me to get her to send a damn photo of herself for the poster. Um, so we're on thin ice, Vanna. Next up is <laughs> Sherry Pie. Sherry Pie. I had to think of the spelling of it. I have to see the spelling in my head. I'm like, which Sherry Pie are we talking about? Okay, um, Sherry Pie, amazing. Uh, another one of those people who being friends with her is a huge ego boost for me because I feel like she's just so leagues ahead of everybody in terms of the way she dresses and the way she... Her mic presence is everything. Um, We started doing, 
like 4 a.m. trips to the diner after her shows and after work because she was working at Albatross for so long. Um, And it was, I would just get wonderful tips and tidbits from her. She's so amazing. She's, um, it's tea time though, so I have to find something, right? If you would like. Um, It's, no, she, I'm going to say it gently. She knows her worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same thing with Marty Gold Cummings. I, I'm sure we're going to get to her at some point, but it's she knows her worth, and it's one of those things where it can come off as very, uh, I guess, high and mighty. Yeah. But next up, Jan Sport. Jan Sport, lovely. Another. I'm wow. I guess I'm going to start all of these people with saying it took forever to get them to notice me. Um, Jan Sport has very recently become a good friend of mine if i could say that um she's just she's so busy all the time and what i've realized because now i've gotten up to a point where i'm doing like six or seven shows a week is you get to a point where i'm in a cloud right now like i don't remember where i was 20 minutes ago like um so i think maybe that's where that energy comes from that very off that standoffish energy but uh once i started doing this show after her um we started she talks to me now which is great Really great to be seen. Yeah, it's great to be seen. Um, And she is honestly the nicest person ever. She is. It just takes a second to get on the radar. Yeah. (laughs) Next we have Ritzy Bits. Oh my God. I love working with Ritzy. Um, I didn't think I would because she's got this reputation for being a total bitch. And she knows that the reputation is being a total bitch. But I think she's one of the most professional people I've ever worked with. She's the easiest by far to work with. Um, and when I I walked up to her very drunk in a bar one time and was like, I want to do your brunch. <laughs> and she said, okay, you can do it next week. And then I became a regular rotating person after that. And it, it's been monumental it's another one of the change uh the turning points in my drag career because it was in manhattan it was a regular gig and it was with queens who i knew and looked up to so ritzy's great i have nothing to add to say about her at all and speaking of la pulperia next up is nicole anoscopy nicole anoscopy also did not like her for the longest time nicole and i did not get along because we were always up for the same exact it's like actors when you go to mm-hmm. casting calls and you see the same people at every casting call you just learn to hate them uh, <laughs> but we did a show up in connecticut a brunch show with uh, sky casper and um we were doing technically a competition we were all paid to be there but it was like a competition to see who would get rehired and we both won one of them and so we ended up doing a duo show together and i realized um again so easy to work with she's got her i think the thing is once you have a fully realized idea of who you are as a drag queen you become very easy to work with and so she clearly does and she works so hard on her drag and she's very much the cream and sugar to my coffee Because, like I said, bitter is one of mine, and she is just, like, saccharine. She's, like, sweet. She's so sweet to a point where I'm like, gah. And so when you put us together in a show, it's a great dynamic. But did did not like her for the longest time. It was, it's unhealthy to compete the way we did. Next we have Tiffany and Coke. Tiffany and Coke. Uh, we've not worked together a whole bunch, but I love, uh, the duo. I, I remember, um... So she did my Christmas show a little while back. Love her. She's thin. Hate her. Um, she is the most gorgeous person. She just competed in Hell's Kitchen. She's a runner-up, yeah. right? 
or she second was she was second runner up. Yeah, gorgeous. She's lovely. I love her singing voice. She's another live singer, which I love that about her. Um, I remember when I first met them, Carlo, she and Carlos were doing like seven gigs a week together. Yeah, and I was like, so dumb. Don't do that. Don't do that. You're gonna kill each other. Um, and I also personally, I know this is such a weird antisocial way of thinking, but I think if you tie yourself to another person professionally, it makes you harder to hire. Mm-hmm. Which I've heard they, I mean, now they book things separately, which is great. I think they were working together too much. God, I would kill my spouse. Yeah, I, I know they aren't married, but I would, I would die. Next is Cherry Poppins. Cherry Poppins has put me in a bunch of her shows down at Stonewall. Love that. She's another live singer. Love that. Um, she, uh, is such a bitch. Uh, she's such a bitch. Um, I, I'll tell her that to her face though. Um, but she also, another hard, she's a hustler. She's a hustler and she puts together her own stuff, which is kind of great. I never have known how to do that. Like, I don't know how to walk into a place and tell people like, I want to do a show. And Cherry has clearly done that because Cherry's put together shows that I've been part of. Um, don't know how. Yeah, well, this is another person who you worked with with Cherry is Petty Cake. Petty Cake. Petty Cake's new. Petty Cake's new, but she can dance. And I am so jealous of anyone who can do that because I can't at all. Um, and also, Petty Cake's eye makeup is amazing. It's so amazing. Um, she just started padding, too, mm-hmm. which is great. I think that's a huge step in a drag queen because, uh, again, it was such a huge step for me. Uh, so, I mean, she's new, but she's growing fast. She's, yeah, she she's doing really well. And she seems to be working plenty, especially as a dancer. You you just immediately work a lot. Yeah. Which is great. Next we have Dee Dee Comeswell. Oh, my God. I just did Maryland with her. She's the best. She's my favorite. I, we slept in the same bed. Oh. oh. Yeah. Um, no, she's always been my girlfriend, and she knows that. I told her she's my girlfriend of drag. She's got a wonderful, I think they're husband, or they're partners. They're partners. They're partners. Um... I don't think it's an official thing, but they call each other partners, which is great. Uh, but she's the sweetest person. I think she's so funny. She did these mixes at the at the gig that were just hilarious. Um, I love her. Love her bunches. She's yeah, great. She's, I love her, too. Next, we have Skywalker. Another person I am dearly in love with. Um, she's She's really new, isn't she? Relatively, about a year. Yeah, but she just won uh, Miss Barracuda, and she she's a cos. She is undeniably the nerdiest person you will ever meet, but um, she's got the greatest heart ever. Um, yeah, I have no bad things to say about her either. She's great. Next is Audrey Phoenix. <laughs> We've gotten into like uh, this is the this is the people <laughs> I've slept with category, isn't it? I see we're in a row of people that I've. Uh, that I've not ever touched. Um, no, okay, yeah, no, yeah. I have a history with Audrey. Um, a very drunken history. But uh, she's an absolute delight. I, th- I think she's very talented. She's very smart. Uh, and she's also got that design background. She did my logo, actually. She mm-hmm. designed my logo uh, for Queen Cuisine. I've oh, got nice. A li- they're working on my website now, but she did all the logo work for it. She's very talented. And a, and a recent winner. Yeah, she won Iconic, amazing, and uh, fully deserved that. It was her and Megami, which was so close, but because Megami is also, is she on the list? Or, no. Okay, I'm not skipping ahead. Um, Megami's another one I'd like to work with, um, but yeah, no, definitely deserved that win. I think she's very talented. Next is Vix. 
See, you put them all in a <laughs> row. These are all the people I slept with. Um, Vix is great. She's so in her head. But, I mean, I love her dearly. And she's very talented. And she can sing like a freaking... Well, I don't even know. What's a good thing that... Can, she's a great singer. Um, she's a great singer. Very nice. She's She gets... She's one of those people who's very art-driven. Yes. So the issue is like... There are certain, I had this conversation with Sutton the other day, is when you do, when you are a full-blown artist, for example, a lot of drag queens are people who, like, couldn't do, like, like we did theater, but we weren't getting anywhere right. with it. Um, there are certain people, Shelby Late is another one of them, who can get work out of drag, and so when they do drag, they want to do that work. Yes. But the issue is, when you're doing that work in drag, it's not... It's not it as... It doesn't translate. Yeah, it doesn't translate very well. Because it doesn't always translate. There are plenty of people who do it and they're... Yes. I mean, it works. Mm -hmm. But you have to pick the right stuff that's like... It still is like at its heart drag. Because right. drag is its own kind of talent. It's true. Um, and Vix is so talented. I. It's just... She does art. Um, do you think you slept with this next person? Um, let's see. There's a good chance. This, we've gotten three in a row, so... Well, next is Pussy Willow. Oh, no, God, no, I haven't. <laughs> <coughs> no offense to Pussy Willow, it's just not my, not my gig. Um, I knew she was going to be on the list, though. Um, uh, Pussy Willow is, was, I don't know how to describe... She said on hers that she forced me to be her friend, right? Yeah. That's entirely true. That's entirely true. It was one of... She's just so, so overbearing. But I find that she... Like, she's one of those people who you'll... Uh, she The other day, she said, What are you doing right now? And I said, I'm sitting at my house. And she was like, Okay, I'm coming over. And I was like, No, you're not. And she was like, Yeah, I am. And I was like, No, you're not. And she was like, No, I'm going to come over. And I was like, No, you're not. The door locks. You're not allowed in the house. Um, and I did not let her in to wow. me. She came. I did not let her in. I, she, cause I was like, no, I hate when, but I also hate when people come over to my house. Hate it. Especially on about, cause I like to have the whole house in exactly where I want it. And then I let people in. It's usually only for parties. So I, no, won't let her in. But we do, she's still like the first person I'll call weirdly. I'll call her during the day and be like, do you want to go get a coffee? And we go to this little coffee shop around the corner where I got this coffee or wherever I put my coffee. It's downstairs. But uh, she's a good friend of mine. She's fiercely loyal and will do anything for anybody. She's very generous, and I love that about her. But you gotta, you gotta have your boundaries. <laughs> Next is Marty Gold Cummings. Um, Marty Gold Cummings. It's such an interesting. Uh, so, for the longest time, I didn't think she didn't like me, or I thought she didn't like me because she's very. I mean, Marty's all over the place, um, but. She was the very first drag queen I ever saw. Didn't know it was a drag queen though, because she used to like she like I could definitely she was in a dress, but she didn't have a wig on and she didn't talk and it was very mm -hmm. yeah very androgynous. And that was back when she was doing. Uh, I was seeing Avenue Q for the first time ever. Loved it. I was with my boyfriend at the time. Didn't realize what drag was, and she hit on my boyfriend on stage as part of the show, and I took it very personally. Like I was like that's. My boyfriend. You get away from my boyfriend. I was brand new. And so um, I tell that I told that story to her like seven times, being like, you were the first drag queen I ever saw. I thought you were a bitch. <laughs> and she doesn't like that story. So um, 
it took a long time. That and I think there was a little while where she and Sutton might not have been get, getting along as well as they could have been, but they do now. But that put me on Team Sutton, and I always thought as, of Marty as like the competition. But now that I've worked with her a bunch, uh, she's honestly such an inspiration to me. And this weekend and the last weekend, I've just connected with her in such a way. I just love her so much. And finally, Mother Dearest, Sutton Lee Seymour. Mother Dearest. Like all good and wonderful, talented people, she is specific. She's she's very... Um, she needs everything to do exactly what it needs to do. You know what I mean? She's very particular. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, she is wildly supportive. Um, she's super talented and she's obviously one of my biggest inspirations because uh, she's my mother. Um, she's also one of my best friends. So, um, we, I mean, we went to a little party last night. It's great. She's gone all the time, but, uh, she's booked and blessed. Yeah. She's gone. International queen. I mean, you got to take her in doses, right? She's, (laughs) that's not a character on stage. That's the energy she has all the time. And I don't know where she gets it, but yeah, no, she's very supportive and she's been crucial in Jacqueline. So, I love her. Why is drag important to the community? Um, this is kind of the perfect time to ask about it. Because uh, this, this Maryland thing I did yesterday uh, was... It was one of those moments... Because uh, I don't always see drag as being this wonderfully philanthropic thing. Because, you know, most of the time I'm walking around a bar begging people for money. That's what I do. And uh, going, we did that concert series the the at the end of our trip in Maryland. And when we came out to meet people, there was people in tears. And I had done I, I had done a show. I, the song that I did was from uh, Two on the Isle. It's uh, if you didn't, and it's literally about a woman killing her husband just because he's a cheating son of a bitch, which is not the most inspiring song. No. But you'd get out there and people would be weeping and they were like, thank you so much for coming and thank you for... And it was just one of those where you realize what you are... Oh God, there's so much backstory to this. Um, you know the Nina West uh, the Nina West breakdown a little yeah. while back where she was saying that she was afraid she was going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a moment I never felt that when I was coming out when I came out there were plenty of people who didn't agree with it but I always saw it as feeling like I was special so I I my I realized then during that episode of Drag Race that my job is if you feel that way it's your job to make sure everybody else feels that way and so I realized in this gig last night that um we walk around and we are supposed to be this confident and very proud, still crazy. Like, I mean, what we do is like, not exactly glamorous, but it's like this example of breaking down gender barriers and doing that so that people who are struggling with it can see the most extreme version and see us walking around with pride and without fear. And so that's what I think we did for the people down there is we said we may be different we may be crazy but we're gonna do it and we're gonna be proud of ourselves and you should too it's amazing yeah that it was it was a really rewarding show for that reason so in today's drag scene social media big part of it oh yeah how do you incorporate social media into your presence in drag well I've been not good. I used to post a photo every single day on Instagram. I I just actually hired a 
a media consultant because I um I'm trying to push that show, the right. new show. But um he told me I needed a Twitter and I was not good at Twitter at all. It seems I honestly all three of my platforms you have to try to make them different so that they're all followable. But um I just started a Twitter. <laughs> I can't even tell you what the handle is. I think it's backwards. I think it's Hyde Jacqueline. Okay. And I don't know how that happened. So I'm pretty sure I did something wrong there, but it's Hyde Jacqueline. Um, and then my Instagram, Jacqueline.hide. But that's the one I'm mostly on because I find that that's the one that's, it's been the most followed. Like it's just, it's gotten there. Um, it's, I used to post every day. Now I try to only post when I have good content. Fair. Um, but still trying to post fairly regularly. And it's such a struggle. Oh, God, it's such a struggle. Because it used to be that people would take photos all the time. But now nobody, th- now people think, oh, you're working all the time. Nobody needs to take photos. And I'm like, for God's sake, take photos of me and tag me in them. I need them. Mm-hmm. And then I end up taking my own that I have to, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I think a lot of people were very grateful for me when I was doing the Drag 365 and being out every freaking night. Because oh, yeah. Photos to That share. was a marathon. Yeah, that was a lot. Maybe next year I'll do it again. 2020, 365 again. We'll see. We'll see. How long did it take you to get 365? Because um, you doubled it up something. Yeah, so I, I finished it about beginning of December. So oh I my had God. Extra oh, time. my God. Yeah. It was a lot. But you know what? It was worth it, and it was rewarding, and I'm excited I did it. But I couldn't do it back-to-back years. Could, no. No way. no way. Competition among peers is a natural in the drag scene. Is mm-hmm. it healthy? And how can we be supportive of one another while still maintaining integrity as an artist? Hmm. Uh, like I said, it's uh, that's my least favorite part about the drag community is, uh, especially with, I see it a lot in newer queens, because a newer queen, and I fully understand it, you walk into a room full of people and you feel like you have to um, stand your ground. You feel like you have to like hit the ground and this is my spot and I am here and... It, always comes off as obnoxious it's so obnoxious and uh i fully agree that competition should be there but i also i don't see why i think the best thing that i ever did for my drag was realize that my drag is specific to me and that people are only going to like me if i'm doing what i want to do like if i do what other people are doing it's not nobody's gonna like it nobody's gonna like it because it's not real and People can tell. I don't know how, but people can tell when you're not doing your drag. Yeah. So I, you say it's necessary. I think it's necessary to... I think it's necessary to be aware and to hold yourself to a specific standard, but I don't think that has to come as a comparison to other people. That's fair. What is one personal fact about you that your fans wouldn't know about you? A personal fact about me that my fans wouldn't know about me. Um... Huh. Let's see. I think um, I have a really, I have a really soft spot for family drama. Like I, I there's a any time. I one I cry at just about every movie ever. But I think later we're gonna. I think we're planning on doing a Meet the Robinsons marathon. Yes. You'll yes. see. Anytime anybody is accepted by their family, I weep. It doesn't mm-hmm. like that show is very much about that. And so I just. 
cry any time. And it's so funny because it sounds like I wasn't accepted by my family. But what happened is my family was very accepting of me, but I drove them away because I was thinking that that's what it was to be gay. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, you don't get me. You don't get it. You could go away, go away, go away. And so the best thing I ever did was I realized that um, my family were, they, they were people and that our relationship was one that had to be worked on just as much. So when I, whenever I see that in TV, whenever I see accepting people, I'm like, I should have let my family accept me. That's, that's my personal thing. Now as a host of karaoke, what karaoke song do you, is your go-to when you're not doing drag? Ooh, um, it's Celine Dion and it's all coming back to me. Naturally. Yeah. Of course. It's what I do. It's what I do. Every once in a while, I'll do it in drag, but it's, it's, I, it's so low because I bring it down and I'm like, nice. Yeah. (laughs) If you had to pick one New York City drag queen to be your partner on The Amazing Race, who would it be? Oh my God. Um, (laughs) I'm going to get in so much trouble. Uh, I honestly, is it Marty Gold Cummings? Because she's crazy and she's so driven. Like, it's one of those things where it would just be, I wouldn't have to do anything. Yeah. Like, she's very much, she'll just get everything done and she's not afraid. So I think it'd be Marty. That'd be fun. But I mean, for the reasons that people think she's crazy. It's, I... <laughs> we're going to move into the pop five rapid fire. So we're going to give you five events, pop culture things that have happened recently, even maybe today. Um, you're going to give me a word, phrase, story, whatever you want to talk about about it. Okay. First up is the Tony Award nominations. Which I know all about. When did that happen? When? Last week. Last <laughs> it week. happened last week? Last Tuesday. Um, and what am I telling you right now? Whatever I, you uh, want to talk about it. So, I mean, clearly you know nothing. And Yeah, no, I don't know anything we, about We can right talk now. about how they... I'm supposed um, to host a Tony Awards show, so I should probably get on yeah, that. I didn't realize. Well, they, realize. they, they, they snubbed Bonnie Milligan, and I'm very livid about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not, not fair. <laughs> Number two is the Free Britney movement. Oh, I so okay. So I don't exactly know what this is. They think we're holding her hostage. Yes, they are saying that her manager is the one who forced her to go into this self-care center. But what's new? Like, I mean, surely this has been her entire career. I don't know. How, why is it now that we're because it, they're saying it wasn't necessarily voluntary, right? And this would mean this would mean the possibility of her losing her children, right? There's a lot of factors into it, yeah. But there's a lot of things could go wrong. Yeah, I honestly, the problem is, I feel like this has been going on for so long that there's more to it than just this whole, than this one situation. Um, I think once her kids get up to be a certain age, then, then she'll, that, that'll be the only time she's allowed to get out. Yeah. Next is Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, everybody's watching Game of Thrones. I, um... I have yet to see a single episode, and I see people who are binging it now, uh-huh. and I'm like, oh my god, where do yeah. you find the time? Where right? do you find the time for that? I mean, I binged, I think, I, the first season I watched live was season five, so I binged up until that point, point. I was like, I can only do two episodes in the sitting, because it's just too much, it's heavy. Yeah, my, my mother, Suddenly Seymour, she is obsessed with yes. that show, and she tries to sell me on it all the time and she told me it's like um yesterday in the car she told me it's like um oh i just realized that's why she left the party yesterday oh my god (laughs) oh my god um but she uh told me it's like house of cards but with zombies and dragons yeah there's a lot of politics to it i could i could get into i could get into that it's just at this point now when i get home i don't want to watch anything serious i just want to watch something that i don't have to pay attention to and go to bed (laughs) yeah i've been doing that recently too i've been watching disney vlogs like vloggers 
going to Disney resorts and the parks and I'm now watching the Tokyo Disney ones because I know I can never go. <laughs> and I've now decided I want to be a Disney vlogger. I don't know how I'm going to make it happen, but I want to be a Disney vlogger. Honestly, do it. I, have you seen Cherry Pie's show ever? I, I have been to her shows before. Cherry Pie is a Disney, yeah. like, she just knows everything yeah. about everything. Because I think her uncle was like a head Disney Imagineer or something. Oh, it's interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. She's she's definitely got someone who is really high up in that ranking. So well, she knows everything. Well, we're, I'm supposed to get her on the podcast at some point. We've talked about it for months. So. Yeah, but now she doesn't come out to Astoria. Well, I'll, I'll make her do it. Yeah. Or I'll go to her, maybe. We'll see. All right. Next up is Trump says presidency is being stolen and wants extra time. Oh, my God. The man literally asked for more time because he lost two years. No. 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 How can he possibly... No. It's so It's so ludicrous. There's absolute... Oh. That doesn't even... I don't know how to respond to it because that's insane. Yeah, no, no is a great answer. Yeah, no. The answer is no. You can't. Um, and I hope everybody votes in this next election. Unless you're a Republican, just on the back burner for this one. Yeah, forget about uh, it. Just stay home. And last is Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have a baby boy. Yeah, I saw that. That happened like I with, earlier. With, yeah, as earlier today. Yeah, they said they wanted privacy for their baby boy, and they said he's not going to be a prince. Um, I yes, I don't think he lineage wise. There's like too many people ahead of him. I think or something. Oh, so he doesn't count. I don't, I don't know. He'll who, who get knows? there. He'll get there. But privacy, I think that's such a. Such as, uh, like, good Privacy for you. Privacy will last we a want... day, and then you'll shit, like throw pictures on the internet, and you'll be so happy. Right, and they privacy. aren't even going to be able to do that. Like, they, it's yeah. not like they aren't going to let them out into public, and it's right. not, it's such a privilege. I mean, I get it. I get that it's not hard, or it's not easy for them either to constantly be under no. the microscope. But, like, what a, uh, I, it's, I don't know what the word is. It's just, what a thing for you to ask for. <laughs> We'd like <laughs> privacy for our ch- Go away. Then stop being famous. Give me your money. Did Sutton ask for privacy when she had you? <laughs> she asked me not to tell anybody. <laughs> no, no, I was. I'm the first, and I think the only daughter she'll ever have. She doesn't. She doesn't want them. No more. No more. No more no. siblings for you. It was very nice. She told me one day that I was her daughter. She. We were at. Uh, uh, well, it's not hardware. It's right now. DBL. We were at DBL, and we were a couple drinks in, and she was like, "You're you're my dad. You're my drag daughter. You'll be my drag daughter." And I was like. Oh, okay, okay. And I had already gotten the first gay bar gig, and I thought, I remember I was thinking, like, oh, she only wants me because I'm popular now. And, <laughs> and that was, I think I had maybe, like, 500 followers on Instagram. I was not at all popular, but... Um, you are popular still, in your head. Yeah, but I was, I was really into myself, and I was like, well, clearly. But no, clearly she was doing me a favor. Are you ready for the fan corner? What's the fan corner? I got questions from the fans. Oh my god. I thought those were the questions from no. the fans. Oh, you told no. me they're brutal too. Okay. Um, Do I get to know who they're from? Yeah, so this one, um, <laughs> why is she so obsessed with Patsy? That's from Patsy in Decline. <laughs> Great. Um, they are... Uh, <laughs> I saw her at Iconic. That was the first time I'd ever really seen her. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say I'm obsessed, but... Uh, <laughs> She's she's got such an interesting. I really like her look. It's very um. When I first started, it was similar. It's like old Hollywood kind of matronly. It's exactly it's exactly my kind of drag. But um, <laughs> shut up. She said, "Why is she so obsessed with Patsy?" That's yeah, funny. Yeah. Next is from Coco Taylor. Uh, who is your favorite drag queen driver? 
<laughs> she drove the car yesterday to Mar- this is what it's like isn't it it's gonna be a lot of drag queens getting on to the show um <laughs> coco taylor drove the car yesterday and she's more than just the best drag driver ever um she honestly i told her this in the car yesterday she's the most patient and the kindest person you'll ever meet and i wish i were that but i'm not and she's got oh god she would just she was the best person to bring to this thing yesterday because she can talk to someone for an hour and it'll be entirely about that person I just can't do that. I I do podcasts where it's all about me. Every (laughs) conversation I have is all about me. And I look up to Coco. I wish I were like Coco. This next question, um, are you a grandma trapped in a young body? (laughs) From Pussy Willow. From Pussy Willow, of course. Um, The answer is yes, uh, I am. We've established why. But yeah, I'm an old lady. I'm such an old lady. It's just gotten only recently because I'm working so much. I've had to like be out a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I would not. But na- now it's like what I do. It's I wish I had more time to just sit in my house with a cup of tea. This is a question from Pussy Willow. Uh, when was the last <laughs> time you performed Drunk Girls in the Bar? Oh, you know, I was thinking about that the other day. I haven't done Drunk Girls in the Bar in so long. And here's why. I have, so it's giant. It's a parody of Giants in the Sky, mm-hmm. um, which is Drunk Girls in the Bar. Uh that there are drunk girls in the bar. And the issue was, when I first started doing it, I said there were straight girls in the bar. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I thought, there was a point where I realized this is alienating a part of the audience and I don't want that. And then when I did, so I switched it over to drunk girls in the bar. And then I realized, well, that's not better. That's just more girls that I, like, and also, women are the best people. I know that there are people who don't want women in gay bars, but women are the best audiences ever. Yeah. They're super they're supportive enga- they're and they're engaging. I love them. But, um, yeah, I just realized I need to change it to something that's a little more everyone. Cause the best thing about my basic number is that like it attacks everyone. Cause everyone's a little bit basic. Everyone's a little bit basic. And so it's, it's an easy one for everyone to get on board with. I'm trying to make it more of a general thing. I just haven't focused on it at all, but like I try to make it, when I do drunk girls, I try to make it like everyone's a drunk girl. You know what I mean? No. But it's still it's still a hard sell for me, so I'm trying to make it a little more uh, inclusive. Um, if Sutton wasn't your mom, who would you want it to be? From Pussy Willow. God, she, she talks to me all the time. Why does she need more information? <laughs> um, if I could make anyone my drag mother, who would it be? Yeah. Hmm. I think it's a tie between... Um, Sherry Pie and Marty Gold Cummings. Okay. Um, Sherry Pie, I think, I think both of them are self-starters who make, uh, who know who they are and they sell it. Um, I think, I don't know if Marty would, I think Sherry would be a better, uh, mother just because Sherry is so, she has some very clear choices she's made and I think she'd drive me to make very clear choices, but, um, Marty would be great just because she's got a handle on why she does drag. And finally from Pussy Willow. <laughs> In all caps, OMG finally. Which NYC queen do you want to kai kai with that you haven't already? Oh, well, that's uh we're going to have to go out of state for that. No. <laughs> I'm just oh god, who we already covered that Vanna Do's not on there. Um Oh, maybe Seraphim. Uh, we can edit that out later. 
that that's probably no i guess that's they're all iconic girls so good for you good for you getting all those girls in one place it's a real great hunting ground for me well i have a question from vanadu oh great uh my previous guest she's like what email do i send this photo to (laughs) if you could go back in time and erase one person's existence both in your life and in the world who would it be god that was vanadu yeah was she drunk yeah um great (laughs) (laughs) i mean Um, we did go to your show after so oh okay oh yeah 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 um okay if you could erase anyone from your life yeah oh god i don't know that i'm trying to think of someone who wouldn't leave a horrible ripple effect um because a lot of the people a lot of the people who i would want to get rid of still did a lot for me it's um Yeah, no, that's a rough one, Vanna. That's a rough one. <laughs> um, I don't, yeah, I don't think that there's anyone, uh, I'll erase Hitler from history. No, he'd still probably, we'd still probably be fucked somehow. Um, but yeah, just for poli- for politics sake, let's get rid of Hitler. I, I can't think of anyone, because my ex, um, I spent the last nine, well, I spent nine months getting over my ex, my last ex which was really hard and I made a lot of stupid decisions, but I made, I, I also, it's gotten me to a point now where I don't, I make jokes about being single a lot because that's the humor I've built as Jacqueline for a long time. But again, I've gotten to a point where I realize I don't need it because of that. So I, I don't know that there's anybody. And I also, I wouldn't erase that experience for anything in the world. It showed me what I am capable of. So I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't think there's anyone and all of the family members who got rid of me just made me feel stronger. So there you go. don't, don't think there's anyone. Now is your turn to ask my next guest a question. Oh, was Vanna the last guest on the... Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I was like, God, why would she do that? Okay. Because <laughs> she didn't know who's next. You don't know who's next, so... Yeah, I don't know who's next. Let's make it... Um... It's all drag queens, yeah? Mostly. Um, let's say... Where... Oh, no. This has to be thoughtful. It's got to be a thought. Because Vanadu said it as, as like, uh, God, she did. Who would you erase from history? Um, let's say, where. What is the one thing. Okay. Would you go on to RuPaul's Drag Race? And if not. Or, I'm sorry, if yes, what would be the one thing that would keep you from doing it? Okay. So what would keep you from doing drag? For example, I, I've not ever auditioned for Drag Race, but I've always... The reason I would would be to promote a show if I had sure. one. Because I know I wouldn't make it far. So I guess what's keeping you from doing Drag Race? Great. That would be that. Would be that. Cool. If you've gotten this far in the podcast, use hashtag Jacqueline Hyde. Yes. And remind everyone where we can find you on social media. Oh, I am on Instagrams at uh, J-A-C-K-L-Y-N-N dot H-Y-D-E. That's Jacqueline dot Hyde with a K and two N's. Um, I'm also on Facebook under the same name, and I'm on Twitter, I guess backwards, Hyde Jacqueline. There you go. Well, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. The biggest thanks to Jacqueline for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm-hmm.